Marcus Sahaba Online Radio, serving you wherever you are. نکاقد مسنو دکھے دل کا مر ہم یہ فرما گئے ہیں رسول مکرم سیون منٹس آفٹر الیون ساؤتھ افریقن ٹائم السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ اہلا وسہلا ومرحبا بکم It's a beautiful uh, Tuesday morning here in Lenasia it's a bit overcast it seems like uh, The rain is just about to come, my beloved, wonderful listeners of Merka Sahaba, uh, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. I want to welcome the listeners of uh, Sirius FM, Haji Faisal Asmal and Hafiz Yusuf Asmal and company. And uh, I want to welcome our beloved, wonderful listeners of Merka uh, um, Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Remember, our WhatsApp number is 084-786-3132. International Overseas Listeners, plus 2784-786-3132. It's the 14th of Jumad al-Ula, 1445. We welcome our beloved engineer, Haji Suleiman Esop. He will be with us from now till 12 o'clock. And let's welcome our beloved, respected, honorable senior teacher, Fadilatul Ustad, Hazrat Malana Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain Hafidahullah. Ustad, it's a beautiful Tuesday morning. Welcome to the bliss of marriage. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Ustad. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feekum on Arafat. Jazakallahu khairan to you and to our technicians. Ustad, before we start with the questions, your program for this coming weekend, Ustad? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Before we go to the program, let me give you three news highlights. I sent it out in today's new in today's groups and in Telegram and so forth. Each one of you should read with an open mind the letter. First time in your life you will see a thing like this, where the people who are the hostages are writing letters of thanks to the people who took them in captivity. <laughs> so there is a mother, her name is Emila, and she writes a letter to Yahya Sinwar. Now you must know who is Yahya Sinwar. San Yahya Sinwar was in jail for 22 years. They were under apartheid Israel. And you know what they do with you. They will interrogate you, torture you, and everything else. And whilst in jail, he learned Hebrew and became a master of the Hebrew language. So what an asset it is for him and for the Palestinians. After his release, thrice on three different occasions, they tried to assassinate him and so forth. So they write, when they were taken in, and then they were taken to the tunnels, so then they were placed there, Yahya Sinwar came himself, and he addressed each one of them in Hebrew, and told them, you are in the safest place, no harm will come to you. And you, whatever you need, that you must ask us, and we will look after you. But you know that this is now a case of such uh, circumstances and so forth. He saw a young Jewish girl, you know, maybe four or five years old. He took her in his arms and he kissed her and he played with her and everything. Now imagine the Jutlas, what they do with our children, that you must remember, they assault them, they kick them, they harass them, psychological torture and what have you. And you see that now when they are released, they are writing letters to them and to the world. I sent it out. You all must read it, subhanAllah, to bring tears to your eyes. What what things Hamas have done? They have captured the imagination of the world and captured the heart of the world. Remember that. <laughs> Now, number two. Hamas says, I sent all this out. You must wake up, oh people. Let me tell you one sentence now, because you're not aware of this. You know, my last talk when I resigned at Darlum, Newcastle, you know, so there was a doctor and he sent that message to me. He said, Mufti AK, I came to Newcastle when you were just resigned 
and you gave your last talk, you know, and then also you spoke of Palestine. From that time already you are telling us about Palestine, but the Ummah is only waking up now, you know. <laughs> so it was a nice note. He's in Cape Town now. He's a big shot doctor and ENT and all that, you understand? So anyway, he was trying to apologize that he couldn't meet me. He had some commitments and all. So in that he wrote that piece. They're very beautiful. So anyway, that see, Hamas released a statement and said, we have not even used one-third of our arms, ammunition, artillery, and what have you. We have kept it in our stocks. We are ready for the next round. When these Jutlas want to fight, then we are ready also, you see. And now that is worrying the Jutlas that they sent already 3,000 Jutla soldiers straight to hell already, 11,000 plus injured, lumping, and what have you. 300 tanks plus of theirs finished out of action, burned to ashes. <laughs> so what will happen in the second round and they're going to come with more things and so forth. So without the shadow of doubt, all this is the help and mercy of Almighty Allah. Nasrum min Allah It is the help of Almighty Allah and victory is very near. Jutlas, you pack up and go, I'm telling you now. All your settlements will go to the Palestinians that is what the Quran Sharif states regarding the Jutlas. You will be harming and damaging your own homes and you must remember that the Palestinians and the people who are fighting against you, so they will also do that because they are targeting you. But all that will go as booty to the Palestinians and you better pack up. And I said, this the wonderful article is a pity there are so many photos and snaps and all that otherwise I should have sent it out to you Jutlas kicked out more than 1,020 times from different countries and places you must remember it's a cursed nation you must remember that anybody who makes friendship with them and becomes their allies then you will see that how terrible horrible a people they are so anyway we salute you Yahya Sinwar you have taught the world a lesson that when you are in the tunnels you run the whole operation imagine <laughs> and these Jutlas America oh, no, and no, no. just remember <laughs> Germany France Britain everybody helping them and yet they cannot dictate the terms to them and so forth what a magnificent victory this is for Hamas now American minister foreign minister secretary of state as they like to call them Blinken again today is coming and he will be there in Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, West, West Bank. Oh, you must remember meeting with Abu Mazin, Mahmoud Abbas. Waste of time. Blinken, come and meet Hamas. Then we talk business. You must remember, you have to tell the Israeli apartheid terrorist Nazi regime, you will have to end this occupation. You will have to give the Palestinians freedom. You must be a Palestinian state and you Americans must recognize it and then you will see dance on the puppet dance. You can't do that. Then you have one country for everybody and the six million Palestinians must come back who are out day in the diaspora. That is your only option. There's no third option. So that is my two cents worth for you. Mm. Our program this week will be very, very excited for Northern Natal. Inshallah, Inshallah Aziz. Thursday, Inshallah Hafez Pochi and myself will come there. And before Maghrib we will be there at Darulum, Newcastle, the oldest Darulum in South Africa, 50 years plus now. Our Bolana Qasim Sema, our principal, Allah grant him Jannatul Firdaus started in 73 so now it's over 50 years in existence so inshallah they will have a Hif Jalsa and some graduates and so forth so then I'll be the MC for that Thursday night inshallah Friday Jumu'ah I will be there in the uh, castle town masjid the Jami masjid inshallah and then Asr time Friday we will be in Denhauser and that is 5.15 Jamaat there and we will have a very short program after Asr and then before Maghrib you'll be in Dandi MashaAllah there's a Hif Jalsa there Hafiz Yahya Bobat is completing his Ustad is Hafiz Salim Dokra 
that Allah Jalla Allah reward all of them Ameen. they go out of their way to make our life so comfortable and that will be Maghrib to Isha we will bring in the topic of Palestine also inshallah to a certain extent and then we will spend the night there and then Saturday morning come back inshallah to Newcastle so there that Maulana Muhammad Kala our Hafiz Yusuf Kala son mashallah he is overseeing that madrasa so around 10 o'clock they got I want I want, I want deliver the final lesson on Riyadh Salihin and then after Asr at the Darulum I talk to the ulama and for the love all the Abnaul Qadim this is now mashallah the third time they're having a reunion and then Sunday will be the Jalsa Saturday night will be so two programs will carry live on Marcus Sahaba inshallah the Jumma talk after the translation and so forth then that we will do from Newcastle then it will be Moana Zahir Mahmood he is from the UK is my student our student also very very eloquent speaker so his Jumma will be from Dalum Newcastle that will be live on Marcus Sahaba the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jamaa and then Saturday night our brother Suleiman's program of Nat Kirat will be 6 to 7 and then from 7 to 9 will be the program from Dalum Newcastle inshallah live on Marcus so that is inshallah what we are hoping to do for those few days when we will be there in Northern Natal Allah Ta'ala make it easy Ameen. Allah Ta'ala read Momo Ismail Aku and his family Ameen. take Darulum to greater heights also Ameen. and all the teachers who passed away all the students who passed away Allah Jalla Allah grant them all Jannatul Firdaus Al-A'la Ustada, listener wants to know that can ladies go out for Mastura Jamaat without husband's permission Ustada? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Yeah, there are three issues. Can a lady go out in Jamaat? You must remember three days, ten days, forty days, and so forth. So yes, it is permissible, but there are conditions attached. She must go with her husband, or she must go with a mahram, her father, her brother, her son. Son meaning someone who's balik, fifteen, twenty years old, like that. So remember, that's very, very good. And Quran Karim states, Surah 33, so verse, so Surah 33, Surah Hazab, and verse 33, وَقَرْنَ فِي بُيُوتِكُنَّ Stay in your homes. But if the need comes out for you to go out, you want to go for Umrah, you want to go for Hajj, nobody will say it's haram, so it is permissible. That's the different thing we discourage people now because of the politics, but permissibility still remains. So Quran says, and you must not expose your beauty and so forth and so on so that is where we are then we come to the third issue you must remember if the husband tells his wife no you can't go you can't go with your brother also or your father so then you have to listen to your husband but you must ask the husband why does he say that you must remember that she cannot go and so forth is he a person who's practicing the fatwa of some ulama some ulama say that women did not go so at all so then that is taqwa and precaution and so forth so then she must listen to her husband but if the husband is saying it out of spite and so forth he himself doesn't read five daily salat he himself wants his wife to go here and there drive car and whatever you but when she says she wants to go in jamaat remember then he says no 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 so obviously then the husband also should think properly that what message he is sending so remember if he's doing it really for taqwa and precaution so then he's correct to do that there's no problem with it well listen he's saying here Ustad, that if a prospective suitor smokes is this okay or is this a red flag Ustad? so you must remember just today i was answering questions you know in the morning two mm. three hours we spent in that and you must remember they said that somebody came to see their daughter but the problem is he drinks, meaning that he takes alcohol or drugs and all that. Can they even entertain him? I said, are you crazy or something? Mm. So you must remember that you can't even negotiate. You can't even think about it and consider it. Somebody, somebody, similarly, that people who are smoking and wasting money and all that and all these type of things, my advice will be that from the start, you should just tell them no. So see, I give you four or five reasons. Number one, my fatwa, our fatwa, the Saudi ulama's fatwa, Sheikh bin Ba's fatwa, and all of them, rahimahullah, they say is haram is not permissible. In the light of today, you can see all the harm that you just go by plane 
and see every plane, left airline, SAA, you understand, any plane you go with, they will tell you this is a non-smoking flight. You know how much harm it causes to your body, how much harm it causes to the environment, how much harm it causes to the masjid and the environment of the masjid. So, la dwarara wa la dirar. Don't cause harm to yourself. Don't cause harm to others. Sahih hadith, authentic hadith in Muattaima Malik. Today when people stand next to me and many other people in Salat and they smoke, you know how much taklif and problems they cause for us. So therefore it's best you say no, you must, how they'll kiss you also, you know. I always think of this when I'm in Pakistan and India and that when we used to study, when we look at the teeth of these people is red, red, red with <laughs> all that pan, pan marks, you know, that beetle leaf. So I always used to wonder how their wives kiss them, you understand, and they kiss their wives. I think that they don't need no lipstick and dubstick and nothing and everything becomes red. You must remember that. So anyway, that's their custom and tradition and what have you. But if you're asking me, sometimes we give fatwa, verdict. Sometimes we give irshad and nasiha that we give you some sincere advice. If you want advice, don't entertain such type of people. Quran calls such people. Chapter 17, verse 27. Inna al-mubazzirina the people who squandered their wealth remember they are brothers of shaitan so therefore that is my advice to you somebody wants to know Ustad, if my mother speaks bad about my husband to me can i tell her politely not to because i don't like it or is it better and more respectful for me to remain silent to start it depends. You must remember that what is she saying about your husband? If she's making like propaganda, or she is ubarna. Ubarna means she's inciting you that you must do this, you must do this, and all that to undermine the authority of your husband and so forth. Then you must speak to her, although it must be done in a respectful, polite manner. But if she is, you must remember telling you the truth that you know what your husband is. About but stingy, he don't want to spend on you, he don't want to spend on the children, and so forth and so on. So then you must keep silent and say yes and so forth. So you must judge the situation. Is she giving sincere advice, a dinu and nasiha, then it's good. But if she wants to cause harm to your marriage, or she wants to cause trouble and friction between you and your husband, then you must step in and tell her that no, now you are wrong, and me, I want to make my home, I don't want to break my home and so forth and so on. Zero eight four seven eight six three one three two. Somebody says Muftisab, please can Muftisab advise if a mother curtails contact with a grown child who is a student of Dean because associating with them just brings up all the hurtful things said and done in the past to her. Ustaja. Remember, I'm not so clear. The question is about hazy. Mm. So who is severing ties with who? Yeah? Is it the student who's studying and they severing ties with their mother? Or is it the mother who is severing ties with their son or daughter? Or is it both ways? You understand? So let's give advice to all parties concerned. If you are the son or the daughter and you're severing ties with your mother or you're curtailing ties with her, that you just make salam once in a year, once in six months, or you try and avoid her and so forth. Your mother is a Muslima. Quran Karim states in Surah 31, verse number 15, Even if your parents are non-Muslim, you must mingle with them and associate with them. Chapter 31, verse 15, you know what is Dalalatunnas? So more so will be the case. You must mingle with your parents when they're Muslim. If this is the law when a non-Muslim, then common sense should prevail, obviously. So think about that. Next one, Quran Sharif teaches us, you must remember that in Surah 47, Surah Muhammad, verses 22-23, Surah Muhammad, named after the Master, Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and verses 22-23, now in tawallaytum, when you have authority, so now you got knowledge, or you got money, or you got, you know, wealthy husband, or wealthy wife, or whatever, and you cause mayhem on this earth. 
وَتُقَتِّئُوا أَرْحَامَكُمْ And you sever the family ties. So now you say, no, I won't speak to my mother, I won't speak to my father, or whatever it is, and so forth. They are the very reason for your existence. Who brought you into existence superficially? Allah creates. But dunya is Darul Asbab, is a place of means. Not the children fall from the sky. So father, mother met and became intimate, and then your mother conceived. She went through all the labor pains. She breastfed you. She went through all that. And today you have the audacity and temerity that you don't want to speak to her and so forth. Think what you are doing. So if you are doing this, my son, my daughter, then Quran Karim states, Surah 47, verses 22-23, Then those are the people Allah curses them. Allah Ta'ala makes them spiritually deaf and spiritually blind. It's wajib compulsory upon you, son, daughter. Go to your mother. Go, even though she told you nonsense in the past. So you must remember that you must ask for forgiveness, even if your mother is wrong. And remember that the mother will forgive you and things will change for the better. Where's the dalil evidence for that? Habibuna Rasulullah said, Hadith in Al-Adabul Mufrad, Imam Bukhari rahimahullah has mentioned, and various other compilations. If the parents are doing wrong, you children, grandchildren, you must still show respect, love for them. وَإِن ظَلَمَا وَإِن ظَلَمَا وَإِن ظَلَمَا Mustafa Rahmatul Alameen said if both of them one of them is doing wrong the parents you must still show respect to them you can't go say hey you did this to me you did this to me and all that so remember that if you the parents have severed ties so why have you severed ties if you say they've hurt you too much and mm-hmm. so forth and so on so just send them a letter and say ask me for sincere maaf and then I will start making dua for you and words like that and inshallah that will soften their heart realization will come and so forth all parties remember dunya is very very short period how long are we going to live here 20 40 30 50 70 80 years then we go on is history so then why are we causing so much harm to our own family and so forth that in front of people we good but to our own people we cause all this. Mm-hmm. Today I told Hafiz Anwar Pochi, meet me in Heidelberg. So then I'll read Zohar Salat there. I will have lunch there quick. I'll go to graveyard and then I'll go to Newcastle. So how we can forget our parents, our family members and so forth. So always remember that our family is very, very important and more so our parents. Mm-hmm. Allahu Akbar, subhanAllah. Somebody says, I have seen some people, Muftisab, make masah over normal socks saying some schools of thought says it's permissible is this correct can a person read janaza salawa choose on ustad okay yeah there are three different questions question number one is this the actual law is this surah 5 and verse number 6 that when a person you must remember wants to perform hudu, ablution, all that, that you must wash your feet, right? Quran Karim says, Right? So that is what the Quran says, which means that, that when you are going to perform your salat, then you must wash your face, you must wash, you must remember your hands, including the rest, and thereafter you must remember, make masa of the head and thereafter you must then wash your feet that is the original then Islam gave a discount and a concession and Islam said that okay you make masa al khufain Masa al khufain means that you made the leather socks or synthetic leather and so forth and so on. So all this is mentioned in chapter 5 verse number 6. So the ahadith on Masa al khufain is not the rule, it's the exception to the rule. So therefore Imam Abu Hanifa's two statements. Imam Abu Hanifa 
Hanifah lived in a time when the Shias were rife and rampant there in Iraq and Kufa and all these places. So when they asked him what are the distinguishing features of the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, he, Imam Abu Hanifa, was a genius. He said, Antufaddila Shaykhain. You must give Shaykhain, Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Umar, preference over all the other companions. You must love both the son-in-laws, Sayyidina Usman and Sayyidina Ali. Every one of this is against the Shias. And then you make Masa on the Hufain. Shias say, Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Umar, a non-Muslim Allah forbid and son-in-law they say Sayyidina Usman is non-Muslim Allah forbid they reject Masal al-Khufain I've been to Iran and whenever I used to go to the Husseiniyah what we call Masjid the mosque I used to go there to the Huzukana I just make like I'm lost like and I make a maaf in the dwal but my eyes were wide open investigating journalists you know I want to see what they're doing not one ship I saw washing their feet they make Masal al-Qadr mean so they reject masa on the hufain the leather socks they don't wash the feet they just make masa on the qadamin so that is all absolutely haram now the question arises that today is very hot here so i didn't wear socks but on arafat got no socks or so on it's so hot here so anyway you must be how i know i see more arafat <laughs> temples outside so we know then all right so you must remember he sandals outside my sandals outside so now our Suleiman mota got his socks on right so now normal socks your cotton socks your nylon socks and all or you human you got your stockings on so can a person perform masa on that? That's the question. According to Aimma Arba'a, all four schools, Shafi'is, Malikis, Hanbalis, Hanafis, the fatwa is this, is not permissible. And I told you this hundred times and thousand times. And if you listen to me on this, then you will remain on Sirat al-Mustaqim. Then you will be on the right path. You deviate from this, then remember you will become dull and mudril. You will be astray and you will lead others astray. You see, the Salafi scholars, they say it's permissible. With due respect to them, I met each one of them whose names I'm to take, that on this issue they have erred and made a mistake. Masal al-Khufayn is the mustasna, is the exception to the rule. So when something is the exception to the rule, you can't make it the maqis alay. You can't then start applying kias on it and then applying, you understand, that analogy on it and so forth. So Sheikh Albani says, Rahimamullah, on normal socks is permissible. Then Sheikh bin Ba'as says it's permissible. Sheikh Usaymin says it's permissible. Sheikh Yusuf Qardawi says it's permissible. We say Rahimamullah. I met all four of them. They all passed away. But you must remember, none of them can come near <laughs> Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Shafi, Imam Malik, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, and so forth, all their students. So therefore, we reject that fatwa of theirs, and we say it's not permissible. And that, and always remember, when Aimma Arba'a tells you, four schools tell you, Tarawi is 20 rakats, so there's no 8 rakats and 10 rakats. That is the Salafi figment of the imagination. When the four schools tell you three talaks are three, then there's no such thing as one talak and that. We're not Trinity and Christians. We are Muslims. So always stick to that and then you will be on the right path. So Ustaz Janaza Salah, you can read with Moses. So you must remember that Janaza Salat, if you are reading with ordinary socks or you are reading with Hufayn and so forth, so that is fine. But people today want to read what their shoes, normal shoes and mm. all, or sandals for that matter, that we totally discourage, especially places like South Africa and other parts of the world. We go to the toilet, we go <laughs> everywhere with our shoes and all that. You're not 100% sure that your socks or sandals is 100% tired and clean and so forth. So remember, if you are 100% sure, then we will say your janazah salat will be valid. But if you got doubt, you must remove it in all cases we will tell you best is to remove it so mm. that we don't have any doubt regarding that issue let's go to sister Abby she says hi uh, Mufti AK I had a general question about marriage if your God Allah if Allah has written the name of everyone's spouses 
Then why do people get divorces? Abby, who started? So you must remember, my sister Abby, that all Maitella gave us a very, very unique system. You must remember that. But all Maitella knows our weaknesses as well. That same all Maitella is one Allah, is not your God and my God, is everybody's creator. And there's only one supreme being. We call him Allah in English, God, capital G, in Urdu, Khuda, and so forth. But there's only one is no my God, your God, and his God, and so forth. So he gave us a unique system. But the same Almighty Allah speaks of divorce also in the Noble Quran. And Almighty Allah gives us the reasons also why a divorce will take place. I give you two, three reasons. Number one is that we start allowing the shaitan, Satan, Lucifer, and all of them to interfere in our marriage, that we don't read Salat properly, we start doing the wrong things, we start violating the Sharia, the divine code, so the Iblis, the shaitan, his cronies will come, chapter 2, verse 102, and then you must remember that they cause separation between husband and wife. Sometime you must remember that the wife is to blame, that she don't want to read Salat or pray, she don't want to wear decent, modest clothing. So the husband must try his level best for Izu Hunna speak to her in a kind, polite manner to melt the heart. Wahajuru Hunna fil Madaji separate the bed, meaning withhold the conjugal relationship. Third one, Wadribu Hun hit her, don't mean with the hand and with the belt and that, all that is haram and not you take a ruler or a miswak, the small little stick we use, <coughs> and that you just taper shock therapy. And remember, if that don't work, then you bring in the arbitrators. Even at that eleventh hour, Quran says we still are hopeful and we want to save the marriage. E yurida islahi So when the arbitrators go into the meeting, they should go with a positive frame of mind. We we want to save this marriage and not break the marriage. Surah 4, Surah Nisa, chapter 4, regarding the woman, verses 34 and 35. So you see, so it shows that then if things don't work, then you go for talaq. So talaq, divorce will be the first step. Remember, that not the first option. And then for the woman, was sulhu khair. Quran Karim says for her, reconciliation is the best. But sometimes, you know, reconciliation can't take place. The the husband is assaulting her or the husband is gambling the husband is busy with other women or the husband is busy you must remember what you know funny funny things and so forth pornography and what have you addicted so all this type of no salat and so forth so there are many reasons so then Islam says okay then you request for a talaq and divorce or you go for a fasakh and annulment and so forth so sister that when calamities come then and we must look within ourselves. Mm. The doctor tells you stay away from ABC. You say, Doctor, go fly a kite. I will do what I want to do. So then that person now gets sick, Allah forbid, then he gets diabetes, then he gets gangrene, then his toe or his feet are amputated. Will you blame the doctor, sister? No. You will blame the person himself. So similarly, yeah, Almighty Allah showed you if you want a wonderful marriage, both parties must practice on taqwa, piety, Allah consciousness. Then Allah's mercy will come. But we say, no, 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 I'm married to her. And then we just do as we feel like. So he's like that person there. Now his feet and toes and all that will have to get amputated. So don't blame Almighty Allah. وَمَا أَصَابَكُمْ مِنْ مُصِيبَةٍ فَبِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِيكُمْ It's your own fault and your own. This is the result of our own sins and vices that these calamities and these consequences take place. Mm. Ustaz, just one more quickly before we go for our interval. Uh, somebody says here, Dear Mufti, when one's wife is having her period, which part of her body can you touch? Can you give me reference from Quran? I'm a revered brother. 
I recite my Shahada on Merkaz, Ustad. Excellent question. I love it when you'll ask questions. You make us feel so happy, my brother. So you must remember that the Quran Sharif says, Ati Ullah wa Ati Rasul. Open chapter 31, chapter 3, chapter 3 of the Noble Quran, Surah Al Imran, verses 31 and 32. You must follow me, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Fattabi'uni, Yuhbibkumullah. And all might Allah will forgive you your sins. Then and be obedient to all might Allah and to Mustafa When a woman is in a menses, then there's no husband-wife relationship. This is in the Quran very clear. Open there, my brother, my sister. Chapter two, verse number two, two, two. So all twos there. You got it? Chapter 2, Surah Baqarah, verse 2, 2, 2. Now the wife, Fatima Zainab Aisha, is in menses. So which portion must she cover? And the husband cannot go there. That is from the surah, that is from the navel to the knees, that portion must be covered. The Dalil evidence go open. Abu Dawood is a hadith kitab, sunan of Imam Abu Dawood. Ma fawqal izar. And Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wa who tells Siddiq Azad Aisha, the honorable wives, make sure you cover that portion to set the precedent for humanity and posterity. So if your wife is in menses, you want to touch her skin to skin from below the knees, so that is permissible. You want to touch her from above the navel, her breast, her bosom, her back, all that, so all that is permissible. But the portion between the navel and the knees, you can't touch skin in skin. So that is mamnu, is mamnu udukhul, is no, no entry, you see? So remember that, so then you, that is only during menses time obviously so that is what you should remember my brother so we gave you the references chapter 2 verse 2 to 2 and the hadith ma al izar is in Abu Dawood so that is the fatwa and the verdict regarding that issue well it's exactly now uh, uh, 18 minutes to 12 we're going to go for our interval when we come back inshallah we will continue with the bliss of marriage stay tuned Marcus Sahaba online radio Empowering the Ummah. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaa. When it's uh, 15 minutes uh, to 12, you are tuning and listening to the Bliss of Marriage. Remember our WhatsApp number is 084-786-3132. International Overseas Listeners, plus 2784-786-3132. Dear Mufti, our daughter made nikah, alhamdulillah. Now all the family says, why we never wait? For what we just made nikah, Ustad? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Before we uh, respond to that question, so I thought Allah put in my mind now. So, so many people from local, national, overseas and international listeners and others send messages. So I take you to Australia. So in Australia, school children, they said, today we're bunking school. We're not going to school. And they all prepared banners, Palestine, Viva Palestina, and all that. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, and all that. So the ma'am and teachers telling them, hey, you're going to must lesson. You'll must the history lesson. He say, madam, what you talking of history lesson? We, yeah, we're making our own history. Allahu Akbar. <laughs> See, we're making our own history. Subhanallah. And majority of them non-Muslim children. Majority of them non-Muslim children. Mm. So the murder, understand this point, this is what has resonated with the people. This is which is struck a core with the people. The murder of babies, the murder of children, and the treatment of children has made the world know now who the super terrorists and the real terrorists are and that are America because they murdered half a million children remember there in Iraq and the super terrorists are Bush and Blair and Britain and America and the West and the super terrorist is Israel every day they are murdering killing babies and children Benjamin Nay <laughs> how many babies have you murdered today so that is what we say remember that it all rhymes you see 
Benjamin, nay, how many babies have you murdered today? And that is what we say. You see that? So you must remember that say all these things and teach people what is the truth. We don't have to go to Hasbara and propaganda. Hasbara is the Jutla term. They use that for their propaganda and so forth. So now you got your daughter married, alhamdulillah, so the family is making panchat. What do you call this? Panchat. Panchat means unnecessary comments, savory comments, and you must remember, sometimes you must sarcastic remarks and comments. Say, why you have to hurry? You must say, Islam says we must make hurry. Three, four things in Islam, you must make haste in it. Number one, Salat time comes, you must perform the Salat. Janazah time comes, you must make haste in it. Nikah time comes, you must make haste in it. Tawbah, you must make haste in it. Payment of debts, you must make haste in it. Hajj, if it's compulsory upon you, you must make haste in it. So go read the Muslim woman, one of the questions I had in the previous one or the one before that. In which thing should a Muslim make haste and be quick about it? So so you don't listen to their panchat and all that. It's jahil people, ignorant people, and you can tell them, I call them jahil, and ignorant people. They want you must prolong, prolong all that engagement, and then the boy and girl will be busy on the WhatsApp, on the chat chat, and all that. So all haram things, that they will justify and condone it. And when you do, you must remember halal things, they don't want to condemn it, and so you can see how the minds are warped, you must remember that. So their name is Bilal, but they think like Bali. Their name is Maryam, but they think like Mary. You don't bother about them. You give good advice to your daughter, son-in-law. You tell them, we're making dua for you. You all make dua. Ya wadud, ya wadud. Allahumma alif bayna kulubina. Ya Allah, create love within us. Ya Allah, unite our hearts. Ya Allah. Allahumma aslih hidata baynina. Ya Allah, wherever this must understanding, bring it about reconciliation. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina ayun. Ya Allah grant us spouses and children and progeny the, the, the coolness of the eyes. So all of you, my advice, every day we get people announcing and telling us make dua for my son, he's 30 years old, make dua for my daughter, she's 25 years old, and galni avi, that still they haven't found good proposals and so forth. So remember, we all should be concerned about that and get them married as soon as possible. What about the man who takes his wife and kids to stay in their non-Muslim parents' house and spend Christmas and holidays with them? But don't worry about their own Muslim parents who start. Remember, it's totally haram, all these type of things there. Whether the husband embraces Islam or the wife embraces Islam, but they want to make Christmas and Nivayar and New Year there by the non-Muslim parents. So it shows there's a question mark on the Iman itself. Quran Karim states, Ya When you enter into Islam, you must enter into Islam in its entirety, totally. You can't pick and choose. This is not some supermarket here. Therefore, Quran Karim states, That you must not follow in the footsteps of Satan. The Shahid, the poet says, Hachki Kaaba ki bi, Hachki Ganga ki bi, Razi rahe Rahman bi, Khush rahe Shaitan bi. People today say they want to make Hajj of Baytullah. Then they say, let us go check what's happening in the Ganges River, <laughs> where the Hindus go and so forth, and then they go there for a bath naked and what have you. So that is their business, they believe in it. But for you as a Muslim to go there and witness and say, no, let me try it out, you go to the fall of Islam. So Razi Rahe Rahman be Khush Rahe Shaitan be. So then you want to please Satan, Shaitan, Lucifer, and you want to please Allah. Allah will never be pleased. The Satan, Lucifer, Shaitan will be pleased. So that what that family is doing, so even whether it's the father or the mother or the husband or the wife or both of them is absolutely haram. Even if they are not participating in the rituals and the customs and all. This morning in the news, views, interviews I gave you, gender equality. Now they wondering what must you call the Christmas tree, a he or a she? You must remember that. You see that? 
these are the haramis you must remember that Islam made fitratullahi lati fataran nasa alayha a natural system Adam and Eve so these satanic people came and they brought Adam and Steve and they brought Madam and Eve the homosexual the lesbian gay brigade and so forth so now they want to apply it to trees and plants and what have you so all haram things so Islam says you can and then if you are abandoning neglecting your own parents that is not a sagira a minor sin is not kabira a major sin is akbarul kabair one of the most heinous crimes a person can commit in Islam so therefore you must get your priorities right brother sister Hmm. Listen to this uh, question It's a white sister She says Would it be possible For, uh, for respected Muftisab To educate me About the issue Of polygamy And hurul al-ain In Jannah It is most women's ardent desire To be an exclusive Relationship With the husband Sometimes a woman Makes lots of sacrifices In marriage Especially when she has To put up with Difficult in-laws Living with them Bringing up children Sacrificing sleep Etc Much more than men Ever realize And all she wants Is for a man to love and cherish her, be loyal and faithful, and treat her the way she deserves to be treated and cherished. I'm a, I'm a white sister in Islam. My husband married me because I'm fair and I'm beautiful. My prophet taught me not to ask for talaq. Very good, my sister. I really was listening to your question very attentively. So, my sister, I will pose to you three, four questions, and then you will understand. If you look at the demographics in the world today, I just returned from Cape Town. I went Thursday and came back Sunday. If you just go to Cape Town and you look at the ratio, so you must remember that it is for one uh, male, there will be six, seven, eight females. If you go to our neighboring country, Swaziland, so the low day is the last time I was there. So you must remember that a person, and Swaziland is no Muslim country, that the Swaziland male could get married up to eight female Swazi ladies because there the ratio is 10 to 1 or 12 to 1 the king himself got about 16 or whatever wives and so forth there so you got the drift that I'm saying so you'll see in most countries cities, continents there are more females than males okay so just keep that in the back of your mind so that's one issue Second issue is juxtapose and draw a comparison with what is happening in today's world. That the husband in Christianity or Judaism or Hinduism or whatever ism you must remember that if the per this is your so-called democracy, this is your so-called human rights, that person can have one wife, but he can have ten female lovers, he can have ten girlfriends, he can have twenty girlfriends, and so forth and so on. So that will be acceptable. But if it takes two a legal wife or three or four and and bigamy or polygamy, call whatever you want to, that becomes a problem. That what is legal becomes sinful in their eyes. And that which is sinful in all religions, that is legalized and so forth. You see where I'm going to, my sister? So you must understand these things. Two. Third one, my sister, is this. Go study the Bible. Then we'll come to Quran. Go and read the life history in the Bible of David and Solomon, Nabi Dawood alayhi salatu salam, Nabi Suleiman alayhi salatu salam. Go and see how many wives they had, and then they make a translation which I just like, you must remember. But the Bible also translated like that, which is a derogatory translation. And they write there, they had hundreds of concubines, meaning female slaves. <laughs> so rather use the word female slaves, not concubines. But anyway, my sister, I want to show you that from time immemorial, polygamy was there. It's not that Nabi Muhammad introduced it and got married to several wives and so forth. The previous prophets, I'm giving you the references. So it is the way of the prophets and messengers like Nabi Dawood, Nabi Sulaiman, other prophets and so forth and so on. So the time of Prophet Muhammad Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, then what he did, he regulated it. All Maitya Allah sent wahi, revelation, and said no. 
You can't just get married to 10, 20, 30 women. You can't just do this and so forth because the master Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was, is, will always be the last and the final messenger. And the Sharia, the divine code, you must remember, is the final code for all times and all places and so forth. So therefore, my sister, we have to set the precedent for humanity and for posterity. So that is what Islam is teaching us. And then we see that Prophet Muhammad got married, you must remember, to show how to treat your wives, you must remember. And remember the biggest condition, and that is your point. So your point is valid to a certain extent. So you, my sister, go and read chapter Mm. 4, Surah Nisa, the women, and verse number 3. Quran says, Masna, Wasulata, Waruba. You can have two wives, or three wives, or four wives. But for in khiftum Allah ta'adilu, but if you fear that you cannot do justice, then remember that, then then you must have one wife only. Mm. One e old is gold. You see that, sister? So what has happened now, as time passed on, my sister, that our Muslim husbands, and you will hear me many a time I say this, that what has happened, that you put 100 husbands who have two, three, four wives, 80% of them are not doing justice. That is not the fault of Islam. It is the Muslim's fault. Look at your own question. Why did your husband take you as a second wife, third wife, just because you are fair in complexion, <laughs> just because you got blonde hair, just because you got blue-green eyes and so forth. The criteria was never ever unity or whatever. You must remember taqwa, piety or something. It was just your beauty. You must remember <laughs> that. Which Islam, that is not supposed to be the selection of a spouse. So therefore your husband. But it's all said and done. So you must try and win him over. You must try and start ta'alim in your house. Take riyadu salihin. Take fazail a'mal and so forth and there. And tell him he must do justice with you and he must do justice with the other wives as mm. well. And you must read Ya Wadudu, Ya Wadud. Last question, then we're going for the news, inshallah. Remember tomorrow in Jannah and Paradise, there there's no jealousy, no envy, nothing. So there all Matilla removes all the malice, hatred, jealousy, envy, everything. So you will be the queen and the hur, all of them, the damsel of Jannah will be under you. So there's nothing to worry about. There'll be no mutual rivalry and competition. So don't worry about that, my sister. So keep on reading Ya Wadudu, Ya Wadu. Her name is uh, Fatima Zara. She says, thank you so much. Can you add me in your group? She's crying with that because her husband ill treats her. So, yeah, what you must do, sister, I'm giving you my number. You must send me a message, WhatsApp message, 071 You see, he'll ill treat you. Why? Because he used to dream of a white woman with blonde sure. hair and green eyes. Now, when he used you, abused you, all that, he say, now, all right, I tasted it, finish, and all Stop that. Me. So now he say, finish. It's like an extra wheel spare wheel you see so the intention was wrong that is what I'm trying to tell you but you stay in the marriage and you make dua inshallah you got the number 071 send me a whatsapp and just write group we will enter you and include you in the group barakallahu feek salamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Marcus Sahaba online radio serving you wherever you are